Welcome to episode 54 of the first 40 miles. If you're new to backpacking, or if you're hopelessly in love with someone who wants you to love backpacking, then this podcast is for you. We'll talk about the essentials, how to lighten your load, and how to make the most of your time on the trail. I'm your host, Heather Legler. And I'm Josh Legler. And this is The First 40 Miles. Today on The First 40 Miles, if you're looking for a way to avoid eye contact with raisins, we may have the perfect breakup option in our top five list today. Then the Summit Gear Review turns into the Summit Smackdown, which is kind of dangerous this time because there are knives involved. For the Backpack Hack of the Week, you'll learn about a great resource for cheap backup eyeglasses to bring on the trail. And we'll leave you with a little trail wisdom from someone who tries to make the road a little smoother for everyone. All this and that's about it. Today on the first 40 miles. So Josh, have you heard of six word memoirs? Well, not before you prepped the notes for this episode. Well, the idea behind these six word memoirs is you kind of compress your life into six words. Basically, it's a distillation of your entire life into either six solitary words or a couple phrases or just one short sentence. So, of course, we're going to apply this to backpacking because that's what we do on this show. So my question for you, Josh, is what is your dream backpacking trip in six words? Hmm. Yeah, I consider myself a man of few words, uh, but I kind of struggled with this as I was preparing for the show and thinking, wow, okay, how do I pack backpacking into exactly six words? Uh, I don't know. Can you start me off? What What's something you came up with? Well, one of the things that I was thinking about that kind of inspired my six-word backpacking trip was the idea that on backpacking trips, I get to think these really long thoughts. You know, a lot of times... As a mom, my thoughts get chopped up by, you know, these little interruptions, the timer going off, an appointment, the kids asking a question. And so my six-word dream backpacking trip is taking time to think long thoughts. That's a good one. And I can see how that applies to you. You're right. Your day just gets so chopped up by all the little distractions. And when you're out there backpacking, wow, you have all that time to just think and to really process a thought fully to its conclusion, which just is a great feeling. One that I thought of, I guess I can start off with, is everything I need on my back. (laughs) And I like it because it encapsulates the self-sufficiency aspect of backpacking and the idea that uh, in our day-to-day life, we are surrounded by so much that supports our life. And yet, most of that is just for comfort or convenience. It's not for necessity. Like, we don't need all of this house that we're in, and we don't need all of that kitchen and all of that bedroom and all of that bathroom. What we really need is very little. And so that's cool to to realize that when you put only the things you need on your back and you survive for a week with just those things. Well, plus everything that nature provides for you, which is pretty cool. It is kind of nice to leave the coat hangers and the cookie cutters and the vacuum and 
all that behind and just live with what's on your back. We end every show with a piece of trail wisdom, and I know several of the quotes that we've used have expressed an idea that I've distilled down to six words. Leaving the house, but coming home. And that feeling of feeling like you're at home out in the wilderness, that it's a place where you really are at your essence, and your essence is your best out there. I have one that's maybe a little similar. I hike and I come alive. And that's how I feel when I get out there, and and it just rejuvenates me. We also talk a lot about all of the things to bring, you know, the essential things to bring, but I've distilled it down into six words for a dream backpacking trip, and that is, didn't forget to bring my soul. As important as it is to have your backpack filled, you really go out there to have your soul filled. Absolutely. My last one that I've got here may be kind of whimsical. Fight or flight? I choose flight. Ooh, I love that one. That's so cool. I just love to fly. (laughs) You know, I'm not literally flying, but really getting out away into these big spaces that are so massive and open. It just feels great. It's so true. Sometimes when you're just in your the routine of life, you feel that need to get out. And so um, I love that you chose flight. Yeah, I get to take time out from the daily fight to do something much more inspiring. Oh, you're so poetic. I love that. Well, we would love to hear from the first 40 milers out there and see what you guys come up with. Six words. What is your dream backpacking trip? Yeah, so just find this episode announcement on Facebook or Twitter and then reply to it. Give us your six words. For today's top five list, the top five weird superfoods to take on your backpacking trip. And I have to say, this was inspired by my sister-in-law who asked us, what do you take besides trail mix? We're getting really tired of the same old, same old. So thank you, Sarah, for asking this question and inspiring us. Yeah, you could take raisins and peanuts on your next backpacking trip. That is a really great standby, and it's one that many hikers have survived with. And of course, they add in M&Ms too and all sorts of random little things. But if you're looking for something truly strange and amazing and wonderful to put in your food stash, we have just the thing. Navitas Naturals is a company that specializes in finding just odd superfoods that you've never heard of, and they search the world looking for these superfoods. In fact, a lot of these superfoods have provided health to indigenous cultures, so they're really not well known, you know, outside of those cultures. And I gotta say, if it wasn't for you, I would still be eating raisins and peanuts on every trip. And there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> well, you know, I find my old standbys and I I just get set with them. But you have introduced me to so many new foods, especially when backpacking, that it, it really has livened things up for me. Because you're right, the standard trail mix, it does get old after a while. It gets to this point where you look at that Ziploc baggie of trail mix and you're like, eh... I really don't want to take another handful. And so to have something else that you can pull out that's new and exciting, I really enjoy that. And really, if it wasn't for you, 
it would be raisins and peanuts. Well, there are a couple things on this list that truly are new and exciting and I am so excited about. The first one, not so much. It's just weird. So the first item on <laughs> our top five weird superfoods to take on your next backpacking trip is yakon slices. It's just weird. It tastes like the world's mildest apple with just like a subtle hint of sweetness. And it's a root vegetable that's native to Peru. In fact, in Peru, they think it's sweet enough to extract the syrup from. So they make kind of a, you know, honey-like syrup from it. It is naturally high in inulin, which is a complex sugar that breaks down slowly. It has potassium, calcium, and phosphorus. As far as texture goes, it's a little bit chewy and weird. Definitely worth experimenting with. I would say it has the same sweetness level as gum that you've been chewing for about 45 minutes. Like, you can tell that it's sweet, but it's not that sweet, but it kind of is. You just keep chewing on it. And that that's kind of the texture in some ways of the Yakon slices. Also, you chew on it and you're like, wow, I'm, I'm still chewing on it. I'm still <laughs> chewing on it. <laughs> so, Definitely a fibrous, mildly sweet, very interesting superfood. It's unfortunate that something spelled so similar to bacon <laughs> just doesn't have the punch that bacon has. Okay, so if you try yakon slices, or call them yakon, yakon slices. That, that's the, our new way of pronouncing it, yakon. And if, if it doesn't float your boat, then definitely go to bacon slices. and That might work out better for you. Yeah, it's amazing. Just switching the second letter of the alphabet for the second to last letter of the alphabet <laughs> it makes a huge difference. Just saying. Well, I promise the list is getting better. Okay, what's next? The number two weird superfood that you've probably heard of, but it's not as common. In fact, I haven't really been able to find these in grocery stores. It's cacao nibs. And these are made from pure cacao beans that come straight out of the tropical cacao fruit. So basically, they're little chocolate pieces that haven't been processed. It's also known as food of the gods. The cacao nibs are a great source of magnesium. They're also an excellent source of iron. And this was the shocker for me, dietary fiber. Yeah, you wouldn't think of chocolate having dietary fiber. No, I think if you pick up a Hershey's bar, it's pretty much stripped of it's fiber. It's all gone. Yeah, but if you take the actual bean, of course beans are full of fiber. Oh, yeah. They're legendarily full of fiber. We sing songs about it around the campfire. Cacao is also one of the most antioxidant-rich foods on the planet. These cacao nibs aren't sweet, but Navitas Naturals does have sweet cacao nibs if you need just a little bit of sugar to help the medicine go down. And I love the texture on these because they're crunchy and they have that deep, rich chocolate flavor. It's just really kind of the essence of chocolate. I think I got some nibs from Trader Joe's once. Were those cacao nibs that were sweetened? Or yeah. Yeah. So what they did was at Trader Joe's, they have these little tins that have cacao nibs that are dipped in chocolate. So ah. they have a coating on the outside. So yeah, they're a little bit sweet and they have that crunch inside. Okay. And then the Navitas Natural cacao nibs, there's a couple options then you said. So one is just the cacao nibs. They're not dipped in chocolate mm -hmm. or anything. And then cacao nibs that are somehow sweetened. Correct. Okay. Or if you want to pick up those chocolate-coated cacao nibs uh, at Trader Joe's, you probably just uh, 
I don't know, maybe take them out of the tin to save a little weight. But uh, yeah, they, they were pretty good. The number three weird superfood to take on your next backpacking trip is goji berries. And these are also known as the wolf berry. I think that's kind of cool to take a wolf berry on a backpacking trip. Oh, yeah. We just need some cougar berries and bear berries. Bear berries. <laughs> I think I saw a pile of bear berries on one of our trips. Yeah, we did. Lots of little piles. Yeah, processed already. And dried. Lightweight. Perfect for backpacking. I love it. I think the calories were all gone. <laughs> well, goji berries, I thought they tasted kind of like a mix of sun-dried tomatoes and dried strawberries. Goji berries have gotten a lot of press in the last couple of years because ounce for ounce, they contain more vitamin C than oranges, more beta carotene than carrots, and more iron than soybeans and spinach. That's pretty impressive. So if you're going to add something to your trail mix, this would be a really fun little thing to add. Goji berries are about maybe a centimeter long and about two millimeters wide. We're going metric on this one. Oh, okay. Well, our international listeners will appreciate that. <laughs> uh, okay, compare them to raisins, bigger or smaller. So if you take a raisin and you roll it out so it's really skinny, that's what a goji berry is like. So they're about the same volume as a raisin, and they're red. Cool. What's number four? Number four is the dragon fruit. And I fell in love with the dragon fruit on our last backpacking trip. It's also known as the pitaya. It's a delicate fruit that comes from the arms of a cactus. And it just has this strange, colorful look to it. It looks like a dragon egg. If you see it in the grocery store, the actual dragon fruit has these scales on it. And the fruit itself is kind of a magenta with some green. So it's just a beautiful fruit. The dried dragon fruit that Navitas Naturals sells is a cross section. So they cut it into slices. And so you see all those little tiny black seeds that are in this magenta fruit. It is one of the most beautiful dried fruits. I mean, you can't say that about figs, dates, or prunes. They're just weird looking when you dry them. But the dragon fruit is one of the most beautiful fruits when it's dried. And if you ever have a chance to go to Thailand, Vietnam, or South America... No, that's not a country. That's where the dragon fruit hails from. And number five, I really did save the best for last. These are the Navitas Naturals Golden Berries. So they're little berries that are dried. They're very chewy, almost like a cherry. They have this perfect balance between intensely sweet and intensely tart. And of course, they're a superfood, so they have high amounts of carotene and bioflavonoids, which is that superpower stuff I was telling you about, uh, along with vitamins A and C. And really, when it comes down to it, I, I don't want to pick between dragon fruit and golden berries. They, they really are both. They're both my favorite. Well, that's a pretty cool list of uh, substitutes for raisins. Yacon slices, uh, maybe not so much, but hey, you know, try them out. They'll float someone's boat. Uh, cacao nibs, mm, goji berries, dragon fruit, and golden berries. Cool stuff. So yeah, just fun to uh, throw this into your next trail mix and have something that really tastes a little different. So you mentioned uh, Navitas Naturals sells all of these. And then I assume some of these you could probably find like, maybe in the health food section of your grocery store. Or at Whole Foods. So what are we bringing on our next trip? 
I'm doing the dragon fruit and golden berries. Sounds like a plan. Today's Summit Gear Review is turning into the Summit Smackdown again. Today we're going to review two Leatherman multi-tools. Leatherman's famous for their multi-tools, and some of them are pretty big and heavy. I have a Leatherman multi-tool in my workshop, and it's half a pound. That's quite a hunk of metal to take on the trail. In fact, when we did episode number one of the first 40 miles, we did a top five list about the things that you could leave home on your first backpacking trip. And one of them was the big heavy multi-tool. There were several other controversial ones. We had, uh, we suggested leaving home the coffee and we suggested leaving home the cell phone, like all these things that we, that people are so used to. And we said, no, you can leave them home. After that episode, one of our friends showed up at our house with his Leatherman multi-tool and he handed it to us and said, here, weigh this. I think it was the Leatherman squirt, which is one of the Leatherman multi-tools that we'll compare today on the Summit Smackdown. And it was only a couple of ounces, you know, way smaller, way lighter than this multi-tool that I have in my workshop. And a couple other people commented on that episode and said, no, I've got this Leatherman that's really small, really light. And so, yeah, a lot of multi-tools are big and bulky, but today we're going to review two really lightweight, versatile options from Leatherman that still have a lot of the features and would be really good on a backpacking trip. Well, before we jump into this smackdown, I want to say hello to Leatherman because they are right down the street from us. They are an Oregon company. Right down the street. Right. Well, it's a long, 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 long street. Yeah, like I-5. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I have a multiple choice test for you, Josh. Okay. About the history of Leatherman. How did Leatherman get its name? A, the original creator and company owner is named Tim Leatherman. B, because the first tool Leatherman ever created was for leatherworking, or C, it was created by a knife-loving weatherman who thought Leatherman sounded much cooler. I am ruling out C right now. And without thinking about it, I would probably go with B and say, oh yeah, it was for working with leather. But since you gave me the other choice, Tim Leatherman, that, that sounds like a nice name. So I'm going to go with A. Excellent. You are good at standardized tests. Multiple choice. Yeah, you rule out the obvious bad answer. And then yeah, it's just down to two others. Well done, Mr. Legler. Thanks. The answer is A. The original creator and company owner is Tim Leatherman. Cool. Well, we're reviewing two of his products today. We're going to review the Leatherman Style CS and the Leatherman Squirt PS4. So the Style CS is small, thin, and light. And instead of having a solid side to it, it actually has little holes drilled all over it, which lightens it more and makes it look really cool. The Squirt PS4 is like a regular Leatherman multi-tool that got shrunk in one of those shrinker things. The Shrinkinator? Yeah. So it's just a miniature version. You know, it, it looks the same as the regular multi-tool, just much smaller. Now, my Style CS here still opens up like a traditional multi-tool does, but it just looks a little bit different. There are a lot more curves on it, and at first glance, does not look like a traditional multi-tool. As far as utility goes on the Leatherman Style CS, it does have a knife that's about two inches long. It has spring action scissors, which means they bounce back after you cut. It has a flat slash Phillips screwdriver, 
And then one of the things that I was so excited about is it comes with tweezers. And these are not junky tweezers. These are slant tip and these are the perfect tweezers for first aid. They come together, they don't shift around, and they're extremely precise. So if you're trying to get a sliver out of your finger, these are the tweezers to have. And not all tweezers that you buy in first aid kits are high quality tweezers. So I would much rather bring these ones than something that came in a stock, you know, as stock tweezers in a first aid kit. And they actually fit really snugly inside the side of the the multi-tool. Yeah, I noticed they're not going to accidentally fall out uh, of the tool, which is great. The Style CS also has a nail file and a carabiner slash bottle opener. So when you open up the carabiner, it turns into a bottle opener. You said a nail file? You know what? It seems like a ridiculous thing to bring on a trip, but um, having that little snag nail is so annoying and sometimes you just need to. Okay. And it can actually damage some of your gear. You know how the performance shirts, they snag really easily and if you wash and dry them with your pants that have a zipper, a lot of times you'll get those snags. Okay. So having a nail file is a good idea on a trip. Bring the nail file to save the $20 performance shirt or the $40 performance shirt. I uh, opened up the Style CS, and for the life of me, I could not find the screwdriver. Where is it? It's at the end of the nail file. Okay, so it's got enough flat on it that it could work in a flat screw, but it sort of slopes up so it gives you, instead of the like the X shape of a Phillips screw, it's giving you just one cross bar of the X. But if you have a good screw that's not too tight, I guess that'll work. I think it's brilliantly designed and they've really trimmed down all the extra stuff. So you just have the essentials in this little tool. In the Squirt PS4, kind of the main tool, the one that you get when you open it up all the way, instead of being scissors, it's spring action pliers. Those can be really helpful if you're bringing a dog on your trip. And, you know, they have this way of getting into things like maybe porcupines and the pliers would be great for uh, removing those things. And they're also helpful for any gear repair that you might need to do. The pliers have a wire cutter built into them as well. The Squirt PS4 comes with a 420 high carbon steel knife, uh, just like the Style CS. And it does actually have a pair of scissors. They're just not the main thing. So you get this little tiny pair of spring action scissors that you can use uh, where it like takes all day to cut a piece of paper, you know, chop, 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 chop. (laughs) But it's there. It it does have a flat and Phillips uh, screwdriver, a bottle opener, and it also has a file, uh, a wood and metal file. Uh, Not a nail file? Which I suppose could do in a pinch for nails. Okay, hold on. I want to compare. You think maybe they're the same? Let me check. Oh, no, they are different for sure. Whoa. So my wood and metal file, you know, one side's for wood and the other side's for metal. So I think this is the side for metal here and it has, I guess I'd say ridges. And then the side for wood is a crosshatch pattern. Yours is more like an emery board, like bumps. Yeah, so this would probably not do anything to wood or metal. It's meant for nails. The file that I have is going to have more cutting action to it. Yeah, and mine is more like sanding action. Like it actually feels like a piece of sandpaper. Yeah, there's a difference. For mass, the Style CS is 1.4 ounces or 40 grams. And it's three inches tall and about an inch wide. Maybe about a quarter inch thick. 
The Squirt PS4 is a little bit heavier, 2 ounces or 56 grams. It's shorter at 2 inches, 1 inch wide, and then it's a little fatter than the Style CS. The maintenance on both of these multi-tools is identical. You have two options with stainless steel knives in general, no matter what the brand or no matter what the tool. You have highly corrosion resistant and relatively soft. So that would be like your spoons, forks, and knives in your kitchen drawer. Or you have somewhat corrosion resistant and quite hard. And the Leatherman knives fall into that second category where they're somewhat corrosion resistant and very hard, which means you'll need to perform some maintenance on these knives to prevent corrosion. You should clean your Leatherman multi-tool periodically, dry it out, and re-oil it, and that will inhibit the corrosion. You know, this is especially important if you use it in a damp environment. Or if you're anywhere near salt water. Yeah, for sure. The salt uh, helps the water to penetrate more, and, and that corrosion just takes off. After you've cleaned the multi-tool, uh, re-oil the pivoting areas with a little bit of light machine oil. WD-40 will work. And then you can buff any stained surfaces with a polishing cloth, I guess, if you really feel like it. Or use a, a non-metallic abrasive like a Scotch-Brite pad or a soft bristle brush. Uh, you wouldn't want to take steel wool to it because that's going to cut into the metal. Yeah, so basically WD-40 and you should be good. That's my kind of maintenance. WD-40, yeah. I can it, handle that. It, if it takes more than that and duct tape, it's, it's not much. worth it, yeah. Well, as far as investment goes, the Style CS is $24. And the Squirt PS4 is $37. They say, our warranty is simple. You broke it, we'll fix it. No questions, no hassles, no wasting your time. So I love that. If you have any issues, they can help out. They don't recommend you repairing the knife yourself or doing any kind of modifications to it, but um, they would be happy to fix anything that is broken on the knife. So on our last trip, I took out the Style CS and it was the perfect knife for what I needed. You know, sometimes you just want to take out a single blade knife, but sometimes you do want those little extras because they serve a purpose, either first aid or repair or convenience. And so having a multi-tool, especially a little one that just has all the little features that you need, that's really lightweight, it just makes the trip better. And at 1.4 ounces, I really liked the Style CS. This is another area where I've really been a traditionalist and I've always had a single blade pocket knife. In fact, I had this pocket knife with a wooden handle that was given to me by one of my scoutmasters. And that's the knife that went in my pack in its leather case in my 10 essentials kit. And that one single blade knife went with me for years. What I liked about it was that the handle was big enough to grab onto and the blade was big enough to really do something with a piece of wood. Of course, it was bigger and heavier than what I really needed on most backpacking trips. And so I don't think it was really until I started backpacking with you last year when we really started getting serious about our gear that I trimmed things down. But for the most part, I will say I still carry just a smaller single blade pocket knife in my pack. That's just the traditionalist me. I would say the multi-tools, yeah, they definitely are much more flexible in terms of what they can accomplish for you. So they're, I wouldn't be against anyone bringing them in their pack, but they do tend to be a little more tedious, right? I mean, you get a very small blade 
for the knife blade. And then you get all these other tools, but they're all miniaturized. <laughs> so you have to be a little patient when you use these things. It's not quite like uh, the tools that you might have in your workshop at home, the full-size pliers and the full-size scissors and so on. Well, if you're a minimalist like Josh, we're going to have an episode coming up where we talk about single-blade knives. So something to look forward to for you minimalists. Oh, good. Good to hear. So if you're leaning toward the Leatherman style CS, but you really wish that you had the plier option, there's good news. The style PS has pliers. And if you already own a Leatherman multi-tool and you're a huge fan, they will send you free stickers. So just send your mailing address to sponsorship at leatherman.com and they will put those in the mail for you right away. For today's backpack hack of the week, Zenny Optical. When one of our children was in second grade, we realized that he needed glasses. And as you may know, second graders are notorious for being rough on things, especially second grade boys. My goodness. So we had this little kid running around in $150 glasses, and we knew that if he broke them, we probably wouldn't be able to replace them as frequently as he would be breaking them. So we had to find a really great option that was going to fit our family's budget. And Zenny Optical was introduced to me by Clark Howard. He's also a podcaster or a radio personality, and um, he's one of those consumer advocates. He helps you find the best deals. The price for the glasses on Zenny Optical start at $6.95, and there are tons of different options. And of course, you know, the more features you add to the glasses, like a scratch-resistant coating or bifocals, there's a charge on top of that. But if you're just going for a basic pair of glasses, you can't beat seven bucks, and then it's five bucks shipping. So this is a great option for backpacking. You're taking along a pair of glasses that you know will most likely get scuffed, scratched, bumped, bent, dropped, smashed, and lost. And you don't want to take your nice, nice glasses on a backpacking trip. And you may not even want to take contacts. Sometimes that's maybe more of a hassle than you want to deal with on a backpacking trip. At one time, I thought that I could go with contacts and without glasses. thought I'd save a little weight that way. I mean, contacts weigh a lot less than glasses, especially if you plan to leave them in overnight so you don't even need to bring contact solution. Like, this is super ultralight. But I learned my lesson. Overnight, one of my contacts kind of sloughed off the corner of my eye, and as I was waking up in the morning, I was kind of picking at it, not realizing that it was my dried-up contact. So I completely destroyed it. And for the rest of that day and that five-mile hike out, I had one contact. And my eyesight's pretty bad. So my depth perception was completely gone as I could only see clearly out of one eye. I learned at least one lesson on that trip, which was that I should have brought my glasses. I should always have them as a backup. And so uh, usually I do have an older pair of glasses and I can stick them in into my pack. But if you don't have an older pair of glasses, or if that older pair is a really out-of-date prescription, then you need a pair of glasses, but you really don't want to spend all that money on it. So Zenny Optical is a great way to go, where you just, you don't have to pay too much for these glasses that you know that they're going to get bumped around a lot. But bring them. Don't go with just contacts. So to place an order on Zenny Optical, all you need is your current eyeglass prescription and your pupillary distance. 
We'll leave you with a little trail wisdom from author and speaker Dan Clark. He said, He who travels the road best is he who makes the road smoother for those who follow. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you liked this podcast, follow us on Facebook and Twitter or review us on iTunes. We'll see you next time on the first 40 miles. Same size as a raisin, ra- raisin, <laughs> raisin, raisin raisins. <laughs> I fell in love with this fruit on our last backpacking trap, trap, trap. Oh no, oh, a terrible Freudian slip. <laughs> <laughs> it's a trap. He made me go. <laughs> no, okay, start over, baby. It's like, here, you want to have some of my cacao nibs and golden berries? And they're like, what? What? <laughs> It has a knife, uh, a knife, has an eyelash curler. It also <laughs> has... Hold on, I have to find the knife. There we go.